so I was engaged, about to be married. Uh, it's like, hey, my wife's name is Mari. Hey, Mari, I you know have a job that pays me a pretty good amount of money, but it's not you know it's not providing me with the fulfillment that I think I I want in life. And I've got a cool wife because she said, Alex, I want you to have that fulfillment too. We'll find a way. Doesn't that sound fantastic? To have the support of your spouse to explore and follow your dreams? But what about those bills? Today, we're going to discuss how to pursue your passion without going broke. Welcome to the Couple Money Podcast, the show where we share stories and advice on building up your marriage and wealth together. I'm Elle Martinez. Support for this podcast comes from Jumpstart Your Marriage and Your Money Masterclass. This course is designed to help you two get on the same page with money, dump your debt faster, and get you on the path to financial freedom. Sign up for the class today and get lifetime access. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash jumpstart. I think most of us would love to be in that position where we know what we want to do and we have a spouse that's right there to support us. But real life isn't that smooth though. There are a dozen and more ways things can go sideways with the business. You have bills that still need to be paid while you're doing this. And your spouse probably has their own goals that they want to achieve. So how do you work together as a team to pursue all of this? Well, today, Alex Grodnick from Wall Street Oasis podcast, Moving Up, and the founder of Pay Club is here to share his story and offer tips from the trenches. His career has had a few shifts, to say the least. He and his wife, Mari, are working together to find a flow that allows them to pursue their dreams, of course, pay the bills, and prepare for the arrival of their daughter this summer. Yeah, that's a lot going on. In this episode, we're going to discuss why he chose to get an NBA and the unexpected pivot he made there, how they went from living off of two incomes to one, and the real truth and finances of being a startup entrepreneur. Now, you may be familiar with college expenses for an undergraduate degree, but going for an NBA is a much more expensive proposition. Depending on the industry you're in, though, it can lead to huge pay leaps. And for many in Alex's industry, that would be the reason they got an MBA, for the pay jump. But Alex had a more personal motivation for getting one. I started my career off in investment banking. You know, I was working these 100-hour weeks at a couple different investment banks. And you learn a lot. You work really hard. But uh, I recognized pretty quickly that while this is a great skill set and um, they say it's like dog years, how much you learn because you're working so hard. So for every one year of work, you learn seven years worth of stuff. But anyways, I realized that working, you know, in a very regimented role, you know, as an analyst in an investment bank and analyst has a very defined role and they want you doing very specific tasks. And I would always be thinking, oh, well, what if I did it like this? Or what if I had this, this creative idea? And they were like, Alex, no. Like, this is what we want you to do right down the middle of the fairway. And so I, like, realized that that job probably wasn't right for me. And so I went to go base, do basically the exact same thing, but for a digital media company where I was buying and selling websites and apps. Uh, and it was kind of more of the same. This It was a little bit more creative, but kind of still very structured and regimented. And so this is where the MBA came in because 
I knew I had kind of an interesting skill set. I knew about finance, but I really didn't know what I wanted to do next. And so the MBA, I looked at it as kind of a two-year period where I could kind of be selfish, look internally, see what motivated me, what I was interested in. And that's pretty much what it is. Granted, it's a very, very expensive two-year process. I mean, you give up making money, you pay money. So, I mean, it's a, it's, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars swing, but I think in the grand scheme of things, like when I look back in 10, 15, 20 years, am I going to regret getting an MBA? That's, that's very, very tough to do. You know, right now, uh, comparison is difficult because I left a job that was paying me a lot of money, you know, six figure money. And I paid a hundred thousand dollars to go to business school. And now I'm you know, doing startups where I'm making very, very little money. So the return on investment for me is going to be a much longer period versus someone who call it came from the military or came from some type of creative background. And they're like, you know what? I want to go do investment banking or I want to go do management consulting. Business school uh, in that scenario is a very different return on investment period because you're making, call it dollars $80,000. You pay $100,000 to go to business school and you come out and you make $200,000 a year. So it's like a very quick return on investment. It's a little bit different for me. But that being said, in business school, it's basically tailored around having kind of life-changing experiences. You travel, you meet people, you're involved in hardworking teams. And, and so it's, it's really enlightening. And I can tell you, El, the most enlightening moment uh, for me in business school, oh, I, I, I went to UCL, I went to business school at UCLA Anderson, so in Los Angeles here. And, you know, the, one of the most impactful moments for me was I was in a, it was, I think it was called leadership or communication for leaders. And it's kind of a softer class. And uh, the professor had us write down a few instances when we felt like we were our most authentic self. And he defined authentic self as your, feel like you're firing on all cylinders, using all of your uh, facilities, really just living in the moment and fully functioning. And so fine. So I wrote down sometimes when I felt like this in my life and the professor says, okay, so now look at this piece of paper. What, what do these instances have in common? What's, what's happening here? And as I'm looking at this, I wrote down like, I think four or five things and every single one of them, I was doing something entrepreneurial. I was starting a bit, you know, growing up, I was like the car wash, lemonade stand, selling junk door to door. Like I was that kid. And so I'm looking at this paper and I'm like, wow, I just wrote down five times where I'm doing a startup. Clearly I got to be an entrepreneur. Like this is, this is simple. Uh, I mean, granted being an entrepreneur is not simple, but that, <laughs> that was where like the light bulb moment, it's like, wow, that's what I got to do. And so do you need to go to business school to start a business? Absolutely not. This is like this argument that people like Mark Cuban say, they say, instead of going to business school to become an entrepreneur, take that hundred thousand dollars, start a business, fail, and you'll have learned or, or succeed, but you know, fail and you'll have learned more than you probably would have in business school. So that's one argument. You know, business school is fantastic. Like I said, it's tough to regret. If you want to go get a job for a big company, for Goldman Sachs, for Boston Consulting Group or McKinsey, or actually Amazon was the number one employer from, from my class, then, then if you want to get one of those jobs, then you know, those are like window jobs. You have to go to business school. A window opens up right out of undergrad, then it closes, and then 
a window opens again for you right out of business school. And so you can get one of those jobs. If you don't want one of those jobs, you want to become an entrepreneur, you don't need to go to business school. But, you know, I just kind of explained for my journey, I, I, did, I, I did need to go to business school. I didn't, I didn't know I needed to become an entrepreneur before it. What would you do if you were in that situation? What are some things you would discuss? Honestly, for me, if my husband came and said he wanted a pivot in a career change, I would support it, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't have some serious conversations with him. I would love to sit down and talk to him about the options that were ahead, if he had had an idea, if so, how clear it was on the direction he wanted to go. And then we would see how much would it cost? What would be the sacrifices we would have to make? If we would rely on just my income, then we'd have to review our expenses and decide what are some other goals that we have that maybe we have to cut back or pause so we can still make sure that we can cover the bills and have some wiggle room in our budget. And Alex and his fiance, now wife, Miri, had those conversations too. And they have a system that works for them. So yeah, you know, I'm the typical like investment banker type where I have like a detailed financial model for our entire life going out 30 years and rates of return on investments and how much we're going to need to live. And, uh, and right. So obviously I have, I have that. And my wife is, she works in advertising and doesn't know that much about finances, but funny enough, she makes all the money. So it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a cool dynamic that I am kind of the one that, budgets and does all the does all our analysis and that but she's the one where uh, our bank account fills up from <laughs> you know she's she's got a good job so luckily i tell people i had a sugar mama so <laughs> luckily i had that but you know it's it's obviously going to be tough going from two incomes to one income it would be even tougher to go from two incomes to no income but or from one income to no income but it's it's a trade off and so yeah, we had the conversation. It's like, you know, what is this two years going to be like? Or, you know, now it's, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be an entrepreneur going, coming out of business school. I thought, oh, maybe I'll go get a job. And so for that point, you know, it really would have been two years and then I would have made money again. Now I'm really not making money. So it's going to be, it's longer than, it's longer than, than two years, but my wife's been, been cool about it. And yeah, so I'm married and now we have a baby on the way. So she's okay with it, but it's more on, it's more on my uh, conscience now because, you know, like, Obviously, when you're having a baby, you start to rethink, like, are we ready for these things? And, and yeah, you know, knock on wood, thanks. I'm super thankful that my wife's got a fantastic job. But I, I would love to have my life a little bit more figured out. And, you know, we're just kind of at, at different places. But I can tell you all that like, I feel where I was in investment banking and I was making money, I never felt that I was really doing what I was supposed to be doing. I never felt like I was on the path to fulfillment versus now. I'm getting fulfillment in every single area that I I want to be getting it from, just except the money thing. So I think the money will come because every day I'm waking up like motivated, eager to start working, you know, get on the computer, start sending emails, start doing research, uh, talking to people, being out there. And so I'm super fulfilled with that. And so, you know, you just kind of have to trust that the money will eventually come. This is why I appreciate talking with Alex. He's really honest about how he feels right now in the middle of this big transition. It's easy to say in hindsight that it was all worth it, but it is difficult when you're in the middle of things to see if this is going to pay off this year, next year, or whenever. But 
he and his wife are working together on this goal. So what about you? Do you guys have some ideas of dreams you want to pursue? One of the best things you can do is to learn to live on one income. This will allow you to say yes to opportunities that may not be immediately profitable, but can give you a higher quality of life and align your lives more towards your values. And you can use this for starting a business, maybe starting a family, pursuing volunteer opportunities, becoming financially independent. As you can see, when you simplify your budget and you keep those essential bills with one income, it does free you up for other opportunities. And it also gives you a little bit of breathing space because you're going to be juggling a lot whenever you're making a huge change. Alex knows this for sure because he has a lot on his plate right now. Startup stuff is all encompassing. There's week weekend work and late night work and you know like there's never any time away, uh, which is different. You know, you come home from investment banking. Yeah, you're working till you know, 11, 12 o'clock every night, but you come home and maybe you can disconnect versus now I finish my day's work, but it's never over. It's, it's, it's tough to disconnect. You know, I'm having dinner with my wife and I'm thinking, oh, I didn't send that email. Maybe I'll go back and back and do that. But, but, uh, but yeah, so what I'm doing now is, as you said, it, I'm kind of working on two things. I've got a podcast it lives on this website called Wall Street Oasis, and we actually just made a name for the podcast. It's called Moving Up, and the idea is is that we speak with business leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders, investors, uh, all sorts of people about um, you know their career path, their how they got to where they are, the ups, the downs. Because you know it's it's there's no people see all these like incredible careers and. It's never all ups. There's tons of up, there's tons of downs and zigs and zags. You know, careers move in, in all sorts of funny ways. And so we just shed light on those subjects, and we you know kind of ask the human type questions, just like you're asking now. Oh, how did you manage that? You know, when you were doing a startup and you had no money. I mean, now you've got tons of money, but what was it like during that time? And and you know, we, I've spoken with the CEO of Hulu and, and the first investor in LinkedIn and uh, and the founder of Google Voice, and so all sorts of just cool, compelling stories. People working at big companies, people leaving big companies to be entrepreneurs, um, and so you know, it's just like what we're talking about now. It's the things that I'm interested in on my journey right now. I seek out and talk with people that are kind of have had success along those journeys, and we talk. We see if we can find some insights into what made them successful or how they were able to do it. And so that's a podcast. You know, it's it's fun. It's kind of a, a passion side project. It allows me to speak with super interesting and thought-provoking people. And then I have a the other piece of it, which consumes, I would say, most of the time, is I have a payments startup that we've built this app for large groups to collect money. So if you had to collect money from 100 people, you know, Venmo, Square Cash, those things are great for collecting from one or two people, but collecting from 50 people is a whole different story. So we've built an app and software that hopefully can help solve that problem. The baby, I'm just, I'm so looking forward to. And, you know, there's always, there's always something in life. Like you said, like there's never, there's, there's never a right time to do anything. You just have to, you just have to do. And I would say from my podcast, if I can, if I can leave your podcast, but the, the main takeaway from my podcast is that you're either a doer or you're not. And if you're a doer, then every single day you wake up and you just put one foot in front of the other and you just do. 
you know, no, especially early in your careers, but even later in your career, no one really has any clue what they're doing or, you know, it, it, it's all new for everybody. But those people that, you know, wake up and are excited and just do, they're the ones that, that find success. And the ones that wake up and say, oh, you know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to code. I don't want to call this person. Uh, they're the ones that procrastinate and don't have the success. So that's what I'm doing now, waking up one foot in front of the other every day. And, uh, and it's exciting. Special thanks to Alex for being a part of this show. Please check out and listen to his podcast, Moving Up. And if the two of you have a few dreams you'd love to get started on, but right now the finances aren't working, please go to the show notes over at Couple Money. I have links and resources to help you to get on the same page and start pursuing your dreams. And if you want to stay on top of the podcast, videos, articles, everything we release, make sure you're subscribed to the community. I also release behind the scene and exclusive stuff. Plus it's free. I want to make it easier for the two of you to dump your debt and get on the path to financial freedom. You can get everything you need at couplemoney.com slash join. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music by Lee Rosevere and music for makers. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for listening. Your support means a lot, especially when you're sharing those episodes with your friends. It's making those conversations about money and marriage less stressful, less intimidating, and more part of the routine, which is where it should be. I hope you have a great week. Take care. <laughs>